up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Tom, welcome to the show. Hi mate, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, not too bad, just about uh, recovered from Saturday's uh, disappointment um, and we're also joined this week by uh, Charlie. Charlie, Welcome back again. How disappointed are you? Yeah, well, it was quite a tough weekend. It's quite a tough watch um, in that respect. But yeah, I guess we'll have to uh, fight our way through this next half hour or so. And uh, yeah, yeah, it feels like on. it's going to be one of those podcasts where uh, we're kind of acting as therapists for the listeners to try and talk them through uh, the defeat and maybe explain why it isn't all doom and gloom. But Charlie, I think out of all three of us on last week's preview podcast, uh, you were the least wrong. So um, <laughs> I guess it's good to have you back on. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I mean, uh, I'm going to hate to say I told you so, despite <laughs> thinking that Bath would actually pull through. I was kind of there almost feeling a little bit smug coming into half time, thinking like I was right, but um, yeah, wasn't wasn't great watching them uh, fall by the wayside and not actually uh, coming through with a... With a with a W, so yeah, it was it was it was it was a tough watch. I just think, yeah, there's there's not much positive to take away from the game. Uh, a couple of bits here or there, uh, some good individual performances, but it was just a shame that we we just got beaten up really um, by quite an abrasive uh, Newcastle team, which is which is quite a big worry, seeing as we highlighted the pack and kind of our, our, our brutishness is, is, is quite a bit of a, a positive in our mm. pre-season pod last week. And so to have been kind of completely dominated by by a Newcastle team that, uh, I mean, just, just, just to put it into perspective, when we only managed to get across the gain line 28 times in comparison to Newcastle, which were, who, who, the gain line carries are up at 63 and our you know, the territory and possession was uh, was down at kind of uh, the 20, 30%. So we, we were just playing in the wrong parts of the field. We just couldn't really get much momentum. And uh, yeah, it was quite quite tough. Um, yeah. Tom, just how much of a, of a reality check was this for Bath, looking maybe globally as the whole season as a whole before we delve into the game specifics? Yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, I'm exhausted already and there's only kind of 25 consecutive weekends of, um, of rugby to go. So uh, the end's in sight. There's, there's light at the end of the tunnel um, <laughs> or maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, um, when will we learn uh, that we always seem to struggle against the, you know, the new kids on the block um, in those, those first games? You know, Charlie, you weren't right with the, the result, but I think you... You know, the, the main point you were making was that, you know, they would come out, be really, really up for it. Hadn't played since month, whatever it was, and we'd potentially be a little bit tired, be a little bit complacent as well, um, having finished in the top four and kind of expect to to, to have enough. Um, and yet again, um, as as happened against uh, Bristol when, when they came up and against Bristol, I think, um, at the start of, start of last season, um, you know... I think I think we were our own worst enemy to a certain extent. I think credit's got to go to to Newcastle there, 
But I, I do still think that, you know, nine times out of 10, uh, that Bath team beats that Newcastle team. Um, we just looked tired. We looked rudderless at times. Um, I think uh, the you know, what, what bodes particularly badly is we were missing a few key names who provide, do provide a bit of leadership. You know, Tom Dunn, um, Will Stewart, Underhill, Jonathan Joseph, who kind of step up in those difficult situations. Um, so, yeah, I think from that point of view, um, slightly concerned. Um, but on the other hand, you know, um, plenty of time to go in the season, as I say. Um, so I don't want to get hasty and, 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 um, and too downbeat about it. Yeah, I think kind of what you were saying last week, Charlie, was that the newly promoted team come up with a bit of a renewed energy. And actually, the the newly promoted team has won four of the, in the first round, four of the last five seasons. So I think that kind of highlights the point you were making. But I was so surprised at how impressive Newcastle were because this wasn't like a, a normal season. They'd had 260 days without a, a kind of competitive game, take away those two friendlies against Ealing. So credit to Newcastle for sure. Um, it was a really impressive effort to go away to Bath, kind of probably their longest trip, second longest trip of the season and putting a performance like that was, was fantastic from them. Um, yeah. But yeah, for me, a huge reality check for Bath because these guys aren't coming back for ages. These guys that we're missing that you spoke about that provide the leadership, Tom. And areas of the game where we struggled uh, are areas of the game where these guys have excelled and they're not coming back. And this is the team we've got for probably the, for, you know, a large chunk of this premiership season. So a huge reality check for me. And this team looked a lot more like the team that got pumped by Exeter Chiefs and lost at home to Bristol than the team that kind of found a new lease of life after lockdown. So hugely worrying for me. And I think we'll get into that, the reasons why. You say that, G, but I think it, I think, I don't know, to, to a certain extent, it only, I think, would um, take a couple of names to, to come back. And I think from a Bath point of view, you know, we spoke last week about having your England hat on or your Bath hat on. Um, and from a, from a Bath point of view, I think some some probably quite good news uh, today um, in that Cowan Dickey has been called back up to the um, to the England squad for the um, ahead of Wales. I'm not sure, actually, if he's kind of ready and fit to, to play, but... You know there is a chance, presumably, that um, Tom Dunn um, is is going to be sent back to to Bath. Um, and you know, as much as I want him to get as as many caps as possible, I think that would be a pretty crucial addition to the team. Charlie Yules, the other guy um, who is now back at Bath, um, having picked up a knock, but it doesn't seem like like he's in the in the England squad, so he'll be back into that starting lineup. And he made a massive impact, um, uh, quite literally, when he came on. Uh, uh, against Newcastle, so I, having those two guys back will make 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 quite a big difference. Actually, Tom Dunn's barely he's he's barely had like an actual run out for England. I mean, he had he had kind of it was something like fourteen minutes at the end of uh, at the end of that um, Georgia game, but otherwise he's had like thirty seconds off the bench. And I was thinking like, yeah, why? What's the point of not having him at Bath if he's if he's just going to get thirty seconds off the bench and just. He will be slightly disappointed though if he does get sent home because uh, I've worked it out the amount of um, the <laughs> the amount of money he's earning per minute for England uh, is three and a half grand. Um, <laughs> then he had about if we call that fifteen minutes, which which works out to it's fifty eight pounds and thirty three pence a second. So uh, he's probably one of the richest men in, in, in world rugby going by those earnings. <laughs> well, you got you know you speak about the big money earners of sport, Floyd Mayweather, um, you know Conor McGregor, Lewis Hamilton, etc. You can have Tom. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the first time that Tom Dunn and Lewis Hamilton have been spoken about in the, in the same breath. But, um, yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting to see what Hooper does um, with the guys sent back from England because we saw that the guys that were sent back and therefore eligible, so Charlie Ewells, I'm thinking of in particular, weren't straight into the, the starting 15. Ewells was on the bench. And so I'm just wondering whether Hooper's kind of taking the view that uh, the guys sent back midweek uh, aren't going to get in that 15. They may get in the 23, but not in the 15. And if that's the case, then you know, there's still there's another eight guys in the England 35-man squad this week. Obviously, that will be cut down to probably 25 or 28 by Jones probably on Wednesday. So if those guys aren't included, then they're not going to have a very big impact against Exeter coming off the bench. So it'd be fascinating to see what Hooper's selection policy is with those guys sent back to England and whether that was just something he chose to do against Newcastle or whether that's something that he's decided to do um, going forward. Let's get into the, the kind of the, the details of the game, guys. Um, and I think, Charlie, it was clear early on that Bath were trying to play a bit more rugby than what we've seen uh, previously, certainly during the Stuart Hooper time, is that how you saw the, the game plan play out? Yeah, I mean, like as as, we, as Tom said, full plaudits to, to Newcastle. They 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 played very well, and I think they they were the best team. I mean, uh, where I think it did go slightly wrong for Bath is that yeah, we were playing playing much more rugby. Uh, it, we were actually getting quite a bit of momentum. Game was starting to flow a bit. Uh, in that first 20 but I, I think that's kind of where we lost the game because we just weren't clinical enough um, and we we actually played quite a bit of rugby in their in their 22 and didn't really manage to come away with points and then kind of the, the momentum shifted after that and then we we were kind of chasing the game going into half time uh, and the, the the opportunity that kind of pops to mind is that um, the Spencer Redpath break down in uh, in the corner there where he just ended up getting bundled down to touch and sort of knocked the ball on while he was trying to offload um, and kind of from there I felt that the game was kind of, kind of slipped through our grasp um, uh, I don't know what, what, what if you guys would, would agree with that on yeah. the first 20 minutes we've kind of fallen away from us I think absolutely. I think it was clear from the start that we were trying to play more expansive game plan, kind of going from wing to wing uh, in a way that we haven't really seen, certainly in our own half. And 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 um, and Spencer and Priest are not kicking as much as they were uh, kind of last season. Um, but yeah, I think if we had scored that that second try, because when it clicked on Saturday, it clicked fantastically, and we saw that for Thocken uh, Seeger's try, um, and we almost saw it, like you say, for Spencer to dot over it in the the corner um but I also think that kind of that isn't the game plan we should have gone in with and whilst it did work on occasion obviously throughout the whole game it didn't work and I would like to see us revert back in future to a more pragmatic game plan kicking and playing in the right areas because although it worked occasionally on Saturday it didn't work clearly looking at the result it didn't work uh, enough on enough occasions Tom yeah, I think I was um, very much you to use the expression you have done um, many times before, G, on this on this podcast. But that's that you need to earn your right uh, to play wide, and it was really uh, a tactic that that we went in with. You can see that from the the start, and it worked really effectively. You know, in the lead up to the the Cock and the Seager try at the start, Priestland identified that space on the outside shoulder, made the break. Um, Thock and Asiga almost scored in the corner that 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 first occasion, and then had that gorgeous offload from from Cameron Redpath. So it was clearly a tactic, um, but I think it it became quite predictable quite quickly. Um, you need to have kind of multiple threats, multiple runners 
attacking the defensive line. Otherwise, Newcastle, as they did, could just kind of sit on their haunches a bit, um, uh, corner flag, and then, you know, make life very difficult for, for Thock and Seager and McConaughey, who are kind of just receiving the ball, um, you know, quite, quite statically. Um, I think it, it, it links to a broader point. And, you know, you guys are the, um, the backline experts, um, uh, you know, um, nine, and, nine and 12, respectively. Uh, but, you know, I saw a fair bit of, of it on social media, um, around the old comment around Gervin Dempsey and kind of kind of what is the strategy? Um, because at times, it's a little bit schoolboy. You know, we've got this massive um, bloke on the wing. Let's just chuck the ball to him and, and see if he can um, create a try for us. Um, clearly, there's more to it than that. But at times, it felt a little bit of a, a blunt instrument, our attack. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I mean... And it, it didn't it didn't shine particularly well for Joe Thocknessiger either. I mean, he uh, he's undoubtedly an amazing talent, but it wasn't his day on on Saturday. I, I think I, I counted kind of three three knock ons in contact. Um, kind of Adam Rabwan certainly got the better of him. Uh, uh, kind of he, he beat him around the outside a couple of times. Mate, Charlie, I'll, I'll just I'll fill in the blanks for you. So three tackles missed out of seven attempted, and five turnovers conceded. Yeah, see, that's that, that that's not pretty stats, and no. I, I was I was I was shocked he wasn't he wasn't pulled off um, when Ro- when Rocco came on. Uh, mm. He said to Glanville was taken off, and I, yeah, I just don't think it was his day. And uh, I think we kind of had kept him on the field in in hope that he'd, he'd be able to pull something out. And as as you were saying, Tom, like we 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 didn't earn our right to go wide, uh, and Newcastle were very you know were were very pragmatic in in taking their opportunities and kind of pouncing when the opportunity came they made they made 11 turnovers um so uh i think i think as you, as you were saying we we were trying to play this expansive rugby and when that wasn't coming off i i think we we did try to revert back to kind of type if you like and we're we're trying to keep it a bit tighter and and, and play through the forwards which has been Kind of very effective for us in uh, certainly last season and recent seasons, um, but I, I just I don't think we, we got anything from it, and that pack got got beaten up by Newcastle, and and, and therefore we kind of were like we we're at odds and what and what we were trying to do. So uh, yeah, it just we, we we seemed to panic and kind of made made a few bad decisions come the end of the game. Kind of you know, Rocco trying to go up the right flank uh, when we were chasing the game and we were not switching back inside, getting tackled into touch. Same with Thokonasiga on the other wing a bit later on. And those, those opportunities kind of allowed Newcastle to kind of really slow down the game um, mm. coming into the last kind of 15 minutes and it, it just got away from us. And again... I, I thought, sorry Tom, I thought the big Joe performance was, was really worrying guys because he's been out for what, 16 months? And we saw him flashes of, of what he could do uh, when he came back, but we never really saw him in open space and whether he still had that explosive pace and ability to beat people. Uh, and we saw on Saturday, I hope it's just a, a bad performance and not a sign that he, he may have lost that yard that, that made him such a special player, Tom. Guys, you know, <laughs> yeah, clearly he didn't have a good game. Yeah, he's played 74 minutes of rugby since June 2019 so and and you know he's been away with England not been involved in in those games would have been ideal for his um you know for his rehab and getting back to full fitness so um I completely agree and I think he he should have been um pulled off earlier um than than um than when Rocco came on 
Um, but yeah, I, I also would say, you know, and I'm sure you guys agree, but I also would say, you know, cut the guy an enormous amount of slack. He's a young guy. Um, the, the, you know, the type of player he is as well. Um, it will take him a bit of time to, you know, pick up that pace and that that power and that confidence up again. So, um, oh, yeah, I wouldn't... I wouldn't, hope uh, so. I hope yeah. so. Oh, I gee, hope so. I, I'm, I'm surprised. You you, you are probably his, his oh, greatest fan. So exactly. I'm surprised to hear you, uh, you kind of umming and ahhing. I think I'm, not, I'm having sleepless nights about whether we, we've seen the best of him. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's 23. Wow, I know, but 16 months out with a, with a lower egg wow. energy, which is never quite uh, described. No. no. What? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see, but hopefully, and I'm sure you'll agree, you'll be made to look pretty silly. Oh, that. God, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think yeah, it's an interesting one. He did not play well, and hopefully it was just a, a bad performance. Uh, but once track, he did make 109 metres, though, which was easily the most by any player. Um, so I think that was just the kind of showed how much ball we were trying to get him. Um, and he probably didn't do as much as he could yeah. uh, with but, and, and without the ball as well, Tom, sorry, he, he, he made a, had a terrible missed tackle for a lead up to Newcastle's first try. Um, and then the second try, Tom, one, which, um, as a front row forward, you would not want to see us winning the, that, losing that collision so badly from that tap and go. No. So that's, that's the more concerning one, right? So obviously that one up tackle on Radwan for the first try, you know, it, it, it's an error, it's an individual error, but it was still pretty lucky and, and pretty scrappy the way that Newcastle scored it. You know, with Spencer in the act of kicking, getting tackled, and then the you know the little quick line out, and Gary Graham was just about five meters when he got it. So you know th- th- those things happen to to an extent. But yeah, I, I agree. the 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 red flag for me in that first half was that try before half time. You know, we were losing collisions uh, at close quarters and that pick and go game um that you know we were you know we we're winning those kind of um battles against top clubs last season it was a, a real area of the game that we we prided ourselves on so um yeah that was that was massively concerning i think a feature of uh our defense was that we weren't working hard enough off the ball hooper identified it in his interview we weren't getting up off the ground getting back behind the the line and working in pods um you know they they took the the tap and go from that that penalty kick um, McAnally was sort of by himself trying to stop sort of a truck and trailer that almost went over the line from from five meters, um, and that's just just not good enough. And I tell you what, though, I'm afraid you, you you do not see that happen when you've got Tom Dunn, Charlie Yules on the pitch, Will uh, Stewart, Ben Yeah, and, and and that's where in that front five, the hill. that's where in the front five, I think you you do see a bit of a a bit of a step down. It, it's it's work rate, um, and I think that. That, that show. I I hear what you're saying, but I'm actually such a big fan of that kind of five meter tap and go, rather than hooking it up in a scrum, which is 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 a bit ambiguous and you know it could go either way. I think and this it's the same with a line out and a and and kind of going for a mall five meters out. I mean, there's 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 such high percentages of that actually going wrong, um, either losing the line out or kind of being brought down and it's turnover ball. I actually, I, I actually am a big fan of just five meters mm. tap and go. It's me against you. You're going to make, you, you know, <laughs> rules of statistics. So you, that you make, uh, you make two and a half meters. You're two meters out, um, and it's just pick and go. And that's what we're great at. And I'd like to see Bath do that a bit more, to be honest. But it's I agree. Only, it's only three phases to score. Two phases. It's like, just scoring us two phases. Like fine. Yeah, like, I agree. It's a decent tactic, and it's one that X to use. I think it's one that we'll look to use, but. 
Like you can't, you know, you cannot be conceding what two phases after a tap and go like that. That's when you button down the hatches. That's when exactly you say, right, it's us against you. Um, this is what we've been doing against top clubs for the last year. You've come up from the championship. Um, let's let's see what you've got. And um, yeah, like that 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 is the I think the try that Hooper will be looking back on what today when they have the review and really highlighting that 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 wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah, certainly not good enough. Two really poor tries for Bath to concede. 12-7 down at half-time. Um, we saw Bath's kind of attacking play work really well again. You know, on, on the two occasions when it did work, it was fantastic. When went on to the left wing with Deglambo offload to Tokunasiga, who offload ridiculously back inside to, to Mercer. And then we're all the way back on the other wing. Um, and McConaughey, fantastic strength to put Matabasi oh. in. We saw there exactly how, kind of, I imagine Gerben Dempsey dreamt it up. Uh, to go coast to coast and, and, and tire out this Newcastle pack. But, you know, like we've said, it didn't happen enough. And, uh, and on that occasion, it went to, to 12 all. Um, but more weak defence, I thought, Charlie, for, for Newcastle's third try uh, on, on the 50-minute mark. Just got so, so narrow. And Stevenson had a walk-in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, did, I did think they worked it quite well because... At that point, we we were kind of being beaten up around the fringes at the collision. I think they just managed to suck in some players and uh, they worked the overlap a bit. And yeah, mm. they they took their opportunity. In, in, in my opinion, uh, I don't think it was, it was it was it was that terrible. Perhaps the that final tackle could have been uh, a bit more um, uh, a bit more effective. But um, uh, yeah, it, it's it, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. <laughs> I, well, there was, I think there was five or six bar defenders within about five metre kind of from where the breakdown was to five metres out. There was six bar forwards there and then McConaughey in about 20 metres of space on his own. I thought that just looked like you said, Tom, kind of a, a lack of energy and a lack of work rate from, from, the, from the forwards. I thought they, was, they looked really, I don't know, lazy is not the right word, but kind of just looked tired. And, and, and what you said kind of last week, Charlie, is that you expected Newcastle to be fresher than Bath. And that absolutely showed there. I thought, you know, there was from the, from the tackle previously, um, Will Spencer makes the tackle and then slowly gets up, then straight hands on head and kind of not working around and getting back in that defensive line. Um, and I also thought we were competing so hard at the, at the breakdown to no avail. Almost every ruck in the lead up to that try, we were putting one or two men over to try and win the ball, uh, whether it was Jack Walker or Miles Reed or Henry Thomas, always trying to jackal that ball and, and, and had no success. And that meant we had fewer people kind of on their feet to make that tackle. And yeah, I thought it looked really disorganised and, and, and poor. That looked like a, a championship, a, a defence coming up from the championship, not a defence that is looking for a semi-final this season, Tom. I agree, yeah, yeah. Um, I think like we were way too passive in that try, in, in my view. Um, you know, one thing that we always speak about with Jonathan Joseph is that he makes the opposition make a decision. He, you know, Toby Flood was orchestrating it, it fairly well, as, as you said, Charlie, and it was, it was a well-worked try. Um, but we was just sat back on the haunches, um, allowing them to, to create the overlap. And like you say, making ourselves way too narrow. Um, well, the, the, I've, got, I've got some thoughts on the breakdown that, you know, won't go into detail now, but like, we, like you're completely right. Why, why compete at every single breakdown? And it's sort of like a kind of almost like tired effort, like guys like Henry Thomas, who coming back to fitness, never been particularly effective at the, the jackal, kind of over the ball, either giving away a penalty or just not being in the defensive line. 
Um, and then when we've actually got the ball, um, they all want to get their hands on the ball and carry and offload and, and you know, um, and, and, and make yards that we don't actually um, uh, support each other well enough. And, and we allow Newcastle to get hands on the ball and, 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 and win the, you know, the, the, the turnover there. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's an element of, of potentially tiredness, um, an element of complacency there. Um, but I, I really don't expect, um, you know, this is definitely an anomaly if we look at the last, you know, six months of rugby or whatever. Um, and I, yeah, I, I expect some of these issues to be um, to be identified by Stuart Hooper if they're being identified by us um, and then to be ironed out fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah I, I suppose that. we'll... Sorry, sorry, you go, Gabe. Well, hopefully by Saturday at 5.30 because if we don't iron these out, um, we'll be looking pretty... <laughs> Pretty scruffy, I think. <laughs> if Exeter yeah. turn up half like they turned up on Friday night, yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll certainly want to draw a line in the sand uh, from this game and kind of, yeah, move on for it. I mean, th- there were, I mean, we've talked about plenty of negatives and uh, work-ons, but I mean, there, there there were a couple of positives. I mean, you mentioned it, G. That that strength and power from uh, uh, from Rory McConaughey was unbelievable to set up. Uh, Josh Matavesi's try. Um, hell of a moustache, by the way. Um, and uh, yeah, the, I also thought that Cam Redpath was 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 our best player on the field. Um, he looked he looked very creative. Um, his his offload for Dockness Eager's try was was sublime. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a, it was a lot of positive to come from him. So hopefully he'll carry on building as he has uh, since his arrival at Bath. Mm. Any other positives, Tom, that you you can take from this game? Do you think? Rocky Laguni. I thought, um, you know, he when he when he came on, um, he certainly had, made an impact. Had a bit of energy, yeah. He, he, who is it? What was that guy's name? Uh, Tom Penny, the fullback, got absolutely folded like a deep back head, didn't he? By uh, by Rocco, and then went to the other wing, and Thorkin Seager ran straight over the top of him. So later, the the young lad. That's kind of welcome uh, to your to your Premiership debut. Um, yeah. Other than that. <laughs> Yeah, it was just poor, and you know Newcastle were just the better side in that last twenty. Um, I, I felt like we um, we'd have some opportunities to get back in the game, but they were dominant. And to be honest, you know when you think that um, uh, Brett Conan, who was kicking sticks, um, only got two from from seven, we were very very fortunate to to get the losing bonus point there. Um, yeah. So um, you know we, we've spoken about how important bonus points can be. One point. Out of that, you know, could make a big difference come the come the end of the season. Yeah, I genuinely think the losing bonus point was about the only positive we can take, and it was completely, <laughs> completely undeserved. As you say, Brett Conan, if he a had brought his kicking boots, or b decided that Toby Flood should be kicking, yeah, that's strange. That bizarre. That um, that they would they would have won by much more, and I think it would have been completely deserved. Yeah, I thought it was a really poor um, performance from Bath. And just looking at Stuart Hooper's comments, finally, lads. He said after the game that the biggest disappointment for me is we left behind many of the things that allow us to be the team we want to be. Uh, and that suggests to me that he uh, was not happy uh, with, with the way we played in terms of uh, not sticking to what had been so successful for Bath previously, which is kicking well from Spencer and Priestland, playing in the right areas, uh, bullying teams up front in the line-out and in the scrum. And, uh, and whether or not we can play like that without uh, our front row guys, our front five guys, and without Underhill and Faletau, I don't know if we can, but that is certainly what they're going to try and do. And when we go look forward to the rest of the season, I can see a much more pragmatic 
uh, performance from Bath, which, um, yeah, I, I think can be more effective. Yeah, defensive effort and set piece. And if, if that is the standard that we take down to um, the, the service station at Sandy Park um, next weekend, then um, we will be conceding very, very many points um, against them. I think just quickly, one more positive a tweet from Bryn Thompson, who says Henry Thomas getting game time is probably the only other positive to see, um, which, yeah, he may not have been as strong as he was previously, um, but certainly great to see him back in a bath after a really long road to um, recovery with, with all of his injuries. Um, right then, boys, let's look ahead to uh, the game at the weekend. Obviously, as we've alluded to on a couple of occasions, Bath going down to Sandy Park to play Exeter on Saturday at 5.30, so after the England game, um, which is good. Uh, and as I mentioned, England, players called into the England squad, the 35-man squad by Eddie Jones, to train this week. Joe, JJ, Anthony Watson, Dunn, Yules, Abani Stewart and Underhill. Um, so we don't know how many of those will be retained for the match day. Kind of, I think it's 25 or 28 that he picks. Um, I can imagine a large chunk of them, so we can likely be without majority of those. Um, let me just set this up for you then, Charlie. Uh, Exeter lost just once to Bath in the last 11 meetings. Bath with one victory at Sandy Park since 2014. Uh, Bath much more affected with England call-ups by than Exeter. Chiefs destroyed Quinns three points to 33 on the opening weekend, destroyed Bath 35-6 in the playoffs and 57-20 in the corresponding fixture last year. Bath go in 17 points worst off with the bookies. So how uh, um, uh, how can we get a positive result from this, mate? I think a positive result would be a losing bonus point. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's that, that's it's going to be the best thing we, we can come away with realistically. Uh, I don't think we're going to be adding to that one win um, since 2014 or whatever it was, he said. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think I'd like to say the best thing we can do is, is is kind of keep it tight, play in the right areas of the field, but we didn't really manage to show that last weekend and we got bullied. Um, so, hopefully we can have our pack slightly bolstered by the likes of Tom Dunn and uh, some of the other boys away with England. Uh, I will just take this opportunity to, to correct myself from last weekend, thinking that the the full you know, bubble of players would be kept with England. Um, clearly, that's not been the case. Um, but uh, yeah, Exeter looked very very powerful um, against against Harlequins on Friday night. Uh, Sam Simmons running in a hat trick of tries. Um, that's something to worry about. Uh, a couple of other players, I, I thought uh, on that Exeter team who 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 looked pretty pretty exciting was. Um, uh, Facundo Cordero, uh, who I th- thought looked uh, pretty exciting in that back three, so he'll be one to watch as well. But uh, um, I'm not really sure where we can kind of what what weaknesses we can target in this extra team. I mean, they're they're double uh, double champions, and I, I can't really see um, much changing between now and uh, now and Saturday. Tom, come on. Uh, well, the first thing I'm saying is you talk. You want you want to talk about history, and you want to talk about one win since 2014. Um, prior to that, Exeter hadn't beaten us since uh, uh, um, the last time Exeter beat us was 1978, so a th- 36 years. So um, we've still got the um, uh, the edge over them when you look at look at history. But yeah, this, this is the weekly Tom harks back to history in a nostalgic way, in a, in a way to get him over another 1978, 30, 36 years. Yeah, but so we we haven't won in what for, for, well 
we, we haven't won it's only part for what well one years. victory since 2014 six years one victory yeah, yeah, last season victory in the last 11 meetings between the two sides and so then we, 36 we, we, we years prior 32 we and 36 years, years prior we won every game so um, that, no that's all, that's all I'd say um, <laughs> so that, no, how does that help us on Saturday well yeah looking ahead then <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's clearly going to be going to be very difficult I think what's so brutal about Exeter looking at the the, the Quinns game was that, you know, Quinn's doing okay and then three tries, bang, 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 last 10 minutes and suddenly it's three points to 33 at the stoop um, and that's so demoralising and, and so brutal for, um, for, for any team when you know that they've got that um, kind of burst at the end and, you know, they did that again in the, in the semi-final as well when the kind of the scoreline flattered, flattered them really uh, as it so often, so often does. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's going to be so difficult I think if we try and um, play them at their own game, which, you know, they play a similar style of games. See how we can beat them. I mean, when you, when you look back... So, yeah, I think if we, if we come in and try and beat them at their own game, it's going to be, um, going to be, be, uh, be a real challenge. Um, I think... You know, Dempsey and, and Hooper might be looking to do something slightly different. Um, you know, we tried running the ball from from our own half. Um, it didn't really work that well against against Newcastle, but I think there'll be a real focus on that kicking game. I think we'll try and pin them back and just win the um, you know the battle of of, of, of territory. Um, and I think we'll just need to be white and white with with discipline, um, as we said before semi final, because you know a couple of um, you know, uh, stupid penalties, um, and suddenly it's a driving ball or a pick and go, and it's um, it's try time. So yeah, um, a real challenge. Um, but you know, you could look at it the other way and say no real pressure on getting the result. So we can look just to improve on that Newcastle performance, um, and, and and then look ahead to some 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 hopefully less challenging um, and, and more winnable games. Yeah, I mean, we played this fixture extremely recently obviously in the semi-final uh, and unfortunately for Bath the only thing that's really changed is we're now missing half of our first team away with England so that doesn't bode well in kind of hoping for us to turn that result around and we saw in that semi-final it was so clear that the teams wanted to play in a similar way I think I described it as extra and extra light in that you know we, 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 all, we had a similar number of chances but Exeter were just so much more clinical than Bath. And Bath made a few errors in and around the 22, which gave Exeter the ball and gave them an easy out. And Exeter just don't make those sorts of errors. So obviously we've got to be a lot more clinical. And I think I said it in, in the, in the um, uh, preview of the semi-final that we have to score points against this team. Uh, we can't go in there and expect to score you know, 20 points and win the game because Exeter will score probably four tries. And so Bath are going to have to do the same. We're going to have to be a lot more clinical than we were in the semi-final and just hope that Exeter make errors that, that, that it would be so un- uncharacteristic for them. I think obviously discipline is key, keeping them out the 22. And I also think, you know, we spoke about it last time, Tom, just compete at every line out. It really frustrates me. Why are we not? Why would you not do that against Exeter? Because if they get the ball down in the twenty-two on the five-meter line, they score probably ninety-five percent of the time. So compete at every bloody line out. They're not going to have Cowan Dickey likely. So get up, put a bit of pressure. They're not going to have Hill. They're not going to have Gray. So keep 
you know, that's an area you can try and target and put some pressure on the line out and don't let put, them get the ball. But obviously, put two pods up. Yeah, put three up. Put as many as you want up. Because if they get it down, you might as well let them in and have another go down the other end. And if, if all the players are lifting, then it's offside anyway for them all. <laughs> that could be, that could be the um, Italian-esque um, offside tactic that Hooper and Dempsey are working on as we speak. Just you complete it out. the line. <laughs> That's all I ask. That would be, you say success would be a losing bonus point. If we compete every line out and we get pumped, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, and there we go. <laughs> right. It's, finally, it's that, finally got to this. That's the positives we can take. Any, anything else you want to say ahead of that game, Charlie or Tom? Uh, uh, well, ahead of that game, I mean, there's, there's, there's not much. I think uh, we might have to shake hands next week and carry on um oh yeah i think i think i would just say that you know there's well obviously you're only looking at a small proportion of the uh, you know, bath rugby fan base when you look at social media but some of the reactions so depressing and reactionary on um on on twitter in in particular you know saw quite a few comments um on the you know against the bath rugby post saying hooper out and that kind of thing and I, back I, there are we it's just so difficult to <laughs> Um, you know, to comprehend how short-sighted people can be, uh, probably not going to be a good result against Exeter, and and you've got to accept that. You know, um, we're, we're not at that level yet, um, and we, you know, we did cook up against Newcastle, but um, it doesn't help anyone to um, those kind of comments. So I think, yeah, kind of get behind um, everyone rather than um, on all the players' backs and coaches' backs is is is, is what I would say. Couldn't have said it better, Tom, and um, yeah. Check out our feed for a little bit more positivity at Bath Rugby Plug across socials. Get in touch with your thoughts. Uh, subscribe, review, and share it around uh, with your mates. Uh, Charlie, one more thought? Yeah, my, 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 my final thought, uh, just thinking about Newcastle having come back up and you know, putting on a good show. Uh, I mean, they've been having not played for 160 odd days, whatever it was. And 260. 260 bloody hell uh, and then kind of looking at Argentina having you know not played 400 days or something and going beating the All Blacks God <laughs> all I'm going to say is I do not want to have Saracens opening game of the season <laughs> next year because that is going to be an absolute beat down to the poor bastard that has to play them bet that would be us <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> I think Tom's note was a little bit more positive but maybe we had a step try thank you very much for listening as I said subscribe share the words and as you say Tom stick behind the boys and the club through thick and thin